of the Two Average Brown Bros podcast. I'm your host, Brashank. And I'm your host, Andres. And today is November 1st, 2021, and it's a Monday. Andres, it's already November 1st. What's up, man? I know. How, like, how is 2021 coming to an end? I don't know. But what's up? Um, I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but might have gotten a little bit hard over the weekend, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, nothing too bad. Uh, it was a fun time. I would say that. So, but I'm excited to be over here um, for everyone. So that's, that's like, what's up? What, how was your, how was your weekend, Rishang? It was pretty good. Low key weekend for me, you know, um, Halloween didn't really do too much. I mean, at the time of recording, it's Halloween morning, but Saturday didn't really do too much. And then hopefully, you know, for Halloween, October 31st, the trick-or-treaters will come and I'll probably hand out some chocolate and candy. I live in a newish area with lots of families and stuff, so I'm sure there'll be lots of kids around. So it'll be fun to see all the costumes and trick-or-treaters. Um, it has been raining pretty much all day so far and probably will. So Maybe it won't be as, you know, hyped as other years, but still should be a good time. That's, yeah, that makes, you're just going to live that suburban life. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I always wonder, do kids that, like, live in, like, apartment buildings still go, like, trick-or-treating in their apartment building? Like, you know, those condos and high-rising, high-rise mm-hmm. buildings? I've always wondered that. I have no idea. Maybe they'll end up coming over here, and I just have no candy for them. <laughs> I know, like, I guess, you know, we are talking about Halloween, so it's not a bad subject to touch up on. But um, I've always wondered, like, because most of the time the etiquette is you leave the porch lights on to indicate that you're home and where you have candy, right? But I know some people, some kids don't know that, so they still ring the bell. And yeah. <laughs> usually it's, like, kind of awkward because you don't want to open it. But then if they see you, it's, in, like, you know, the whole trick-or-treating, like, you know, if you don't, if you don't give them treats, they're going to trick you. Yeah, I don't know what the protocol is. But, I mean, I did not know about the lights. That's something. I don't know if that's a real etiquette or not. I, that's what I've heard in the past, you know. So maybe it's something that I misheard or it's not even true at all. But I, I've heard that from, like, when I was growing up, that you only go to people that have their, like, port- like the front lights, front like, front door lights on. I mean, could it be that that's what the... the that is how it was done before, but maybe things have changed. Yeah, exactly. But what did you learn this past week, Andres? This past week, what did I learn? Oh, so one of my favorite YouTubers, I've talked about him before. His name is Johnny Harris. Um, so he's like a very, he's a journalist at the end of the day. So this week, like lately, he has released two videos about Cyprus and like the reality of what is life in Cyprus. So I, I've been learning a lot and digging a little bit more into knowing what's going on with Cyprus and like uh, the history behind the island. And yeah, the newest one literally went to kind of like understanding uh, the buffer zone uh, over in Cyprus and what the what that looks like and everything. So yeah, pretty interesting to know that um, you know how like people live in those circumstances in which the island is entirely divided uh, for more than like for a couple of decades now. 
but still, like, just some countries pay attention to it from time to time. And it's not like something that constantly gets spoken uh, worldwide. So that's what I learned this week. How about you, buddy? Um, so something, you know, I've talked about in the past is the game of the sport of cricket. And currently the Cricket World Cup T20 is going on right now. So, you know, cricket has so many um, mad different matches. But right now it's a T20, which is 20 innings, which, you know, we can talk about another time. But what, <laughs> as I was going through, you know, cricket teams on Wikipedia and stuff that I found out that cricket was actually, you know, it started somewhere in the late 16th century in England. And from there, it just blossomed. Obviously, it's not big as some of the other, you know, sports that people play, such as football. I mean, the real football, <laughs> basketball, you know, American football. Um, but it is pretty big, you know, in places like England, India, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, New Zealand, South Africa. Um, so right now, the World T20 World Cup is happening in um, the Middle East. Um, it was supposed to take place in India, I believe. But, you know, with COVID, it got moved to the UAE and that area so it's uh it's been a fun time so i you know as like i said i've I've talked about this in the, you know when we talk about sports i used to play cricket and grew up playing cricket you know yeah and over times i've lost a lot of like the terminology so recently you know i've been as i'm getting to more and more i've tried to learn more of the terminology with even like the positions on field and you know i hope in the future episode, we can talk about cricket more in detail because it's such an interesting sport. And it's still, I feel like, you know, although a lot of people watch it, but that's because, you know, India, one of the most, the second most populous country in the world play it, you know, so heavily that's one of their main sports. So that's why it's most watched. But in the Western, you know, Western uh, world, it's not really well known. Uh, nowadays, it is an up and coming sport. Definitely, you know, even Canada, US is playing it, but Definitely, you know, we'll love to talk about cricket more in the future. Oh, I'll be so down to talk about it, even though I don't know that much. Um, mm -hmm. It'll be so cool to learn more about it. Exactly. But, you know, like we said at the beginning of this episode, today, well, at the time of the recording, it is October 31st, Halloween. So, you know, we wanted to talk about Halloween, traditions, and, you know, at and you, Andres, you celebrate Day of the Dead in Mexico. We do. We celebrate it on like from no like November first and second. Yeah, so I think this is a perfect time to talk about you know Halloween as what we've like done most of our lives, how we celebrated it, you know, with you and Day of the Dead, and you know, just have a good conversation around that. Let's do it. So Halloween, do you still go trick or treating? That's the first question. No, I think the last time I went trick-or-treating was when I was 12, I would say. When I was in grade six, that was the last time I went. Which really? I feel it's still I still feel like it's pretty old to well, go trick-or-treating. I thought that was young because like, you know, for me, I think my last year was like grade eight or nine even. Yeah. And I wish there wasn't like I mean, no one's going to come out and be like, hey, don't go trick-or-treating when you're older. But it kind of looks bad when you're like, you know, when you're like in your late teens or even your 20s when you're going trick-or-treating. But I mean, if you have a cool costume and you, you know, you have a mask on, I don't think people can usually tell if you go in a group. <laughs> I mean, if you hide behind a mask, everything, a lot of things are possible. <laughs> I mean, it, is that bad, though? I think, like, I don't know. I think 
I think, you know, there should be something that we do as a society that it is acceptable for, like, you know, uh, younger adults, like, to go trick-or-treating. Yeah, you think so? Because it, it, I think it depends because what's, like, I mean, again, goes back to the etiquette style, but, like, do you think you're preventing other people from taking, like, candy? Or, like, what do you think no, no, no. makes you like, say that? You know, like... You know, we give candy to kids. And, like, I mean, adults can also have candy. But, you know, you can just give, I don't know, little bottles of alcohol to adults or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I think it would, like, special, like, I would say it would be fun to do with a big group of friends. Like, not, like, huge, but, like, you know, with your friends, like, keeping same, like, same etiquette. Like, like as you are a kid, right? Like, you are respectful. You just go around. Um, and I mean, I don't think you're preventing from kids getting candy if it was like accepted societally that adults go trick or treating because then everyone will prepare to have more candy. Yeah, I mean, I guess us adults, we can always go to the store the next day after Halloween when the candy and chocolate are on sale and buy it, you know, in bulk. That is true. Which uh, today that like when it's November first. I'll be probably heading over for a good box of chocolate. I think so too. I usually do that because you know, after like on November first and second, all the good, even the good candy, not just like you know the normal average, like you know Smarties and Rockets, those types, but like even Kit Kat and like Reese's are on sale on the day after Halloween. It's great. I know. I love it. So your last time was around grade eight, then. Yeah, I, I believe so, because, like, that's when I lived in the States, and, you know, we had usually had a big group of friends that would dress up and stuff, um, and we just went, because that's when we still lived in, like, the uh, university housing, and, you know, with those, we all went as a group, and people usually gave out lots of candy, we'd do events together, so I think definitely the last time I remember, I don't think I did it once I moved to Canada, because once you move to Canada, October 31st, especially Saskatchewan, it's really cold, right? It's Oh, some, yes. <laughs> some years it's like snowed a lot. Some years it's like minus 10, minus 15. So it does get really cold. And it's just, for me anyway, I hate being out there in the cold. Yeah, no, it is very cool. I, I remember from university, it was just like when it was time for Halloween, it was just like, oh, God, like we want to go out, but... There was always that, but we don't know how cold it's going to be this year for it. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. So what, what was the last like cool costume that you had? Oh, my last cool costume. Man, there's just been so many costumes throughout the years. Um, but I would say, I would say it's a tie. Uh, so my last cool costume that I made was actually in 2019 so not that far back <laughs> uh so like long story short uh the gym i used to go back in saskatchewan so shout out to rise uh, uh during october they do like a challenge you know like how many uh crossfit hit classes you can like you have to finish 30 in 30 basically uh so mm -hmm. 30 classes in 30 days and then after that because it was pre-covid you know uh, they had a party to celebrate that it ended. So it ended up being an end of things for the challenge, but also like Halloween. Um, so for that one, I was a twister board. So like, I, you know, dressed all white. 
And then actually from the actual twister mat, I cut the circles and glued them all over my outfit. And yeah, so, and then I had like in an armband, I had like the spinning with like thingy from Twister yep. and um, and then to make it like to spice it up even like I I have many shoes which is a problem we can talk about later <laughs> <laughs> but I have shoes that correspond to like each one of the colors so like I was wearing like a blue shoe and a green shoe and then I had a bandana that matched another of like another color so like everything was color matching with like being a Twister so yeah. that was pretty cool and then the other one was during undergrad. And it's one of my favorites just because of like the gag and like people were so confused because you know, Saskatchewan. So a friend let me borrow her uh, her blonde wig. Uh, so then <laughs> I dressed up as a basic person. <laughs> so yeah, I had a blonde wig on. So put on some flannel, some skinny jeans, some Adidas superstars. Uh, and then, oh yeah, and then at the beginning of the night, I had a Starbucks cup with me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was a very basic person. <laughs> and there, there was one time uh, we were at a, at a bar club and the guy, like a guy comes and asks like, oh, where's the washroom? But it happened to be uh, one of the gay bars in the city. And like, washrooms are gender neutral usually at gay bars. So yeah. then I just turned around and was like, oh, you can go to any. Because, but because I was going to enter one of the washrooms, he, I went the opposite way to the other one. I was like, okay, dude, like, <laughs> like, like, it's just a costume. Also, it's gender neutral. So what's, there, there's nothing aside. But it was very funny. Uh, so I would say those are my two top costumes that I remember doing. How about you, man? Did you dress up for Halloween? Yeah, so when I was younger, most of the time, I went as superheroes because, you know, when you're young, you love superheroes. So my favorite one was definitely Batman because I had the whole costume. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool because Batman's like my favorite superhero. So just going as Batman. And then over the years, I got older. I think for me, dressing up got harder because I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. Because like... Especially when you're older and you like go out to parties and stuff, you want to have a good time, so you want to feel comfortable. But mm -hmm. and you like especially in like discussion, like I said, you want to feel warm when you're like walking outside and stuff. So over the years, I think I got a little bit less, um, uh, a more a little bit more tame. Yeah. In the sense where I went as Jabberwockies, you know, with the Jabberwockies mask and then all black <laughs> costumes. So it was really it was a cool idea because then it was like you know it was a bunch of us that dressed up as that. And we went, you know, to parties and stuff. So really cool, but overall, not as nothing exciting as like yours. Uh, it's fine. Like there's some days that like, like for example, this year I was like super basic. And like I was, uh, it was like a very low key costume. I was a wizard from Harry Potter. Basically, it came down to like, what do I have so that I can like dress up as something. Um, so I had my like my Ravenclaw scarf and my wand. So I'm just like, all right, I'll be a wizard. But yeah, not too bad, man. Um, so as we are talking about it, do you have any crazy Halloween stories to share with our audience? Because for some reason, everyone like a lot of people listening, they love listening and like hearing us talk about crazy some of our crazy times. 
So, any crazy stories? So, one of the uh, like craziest stories for me personally is like my first year in university in Saskatoon. Actually, I was still underage at that time because I'm, you know, I'm a one of those in right in the middle where I was one of the youngest ones in my grades, but then oldest ones for the next grade. So that weird, you know, in yeah. between position. So I, I didn't get to go to the clubs, but then it was my first year, you know, going out to Halloween fully. And the clubs in Saskatoon had those stamps, right? Where they give you a stamp when you can go in. Yeah. And my friends convinced me to go, but then they're like, okay, wait outside. And, you know, at that time I was still a good boy and I wasn't corrupted by university. <laughs> so what they did was they, you know, licked their stamp and they like put it on my hand. So it looks like I've been stamped. And then in a group, when you go together and you show your stamps, you usually get in. So, you know, like my first time being corrupted by all these kids, <laughs> you know, I think that was my craziest Halloween story. Um, but some of the more fun ones, I definitely, when you're older, you know, when you go on the Halloween pub crawls, cause everyone's dressed up and go on different bars and, you know, go cool Halloween themes. So some clubs, they do a really cool job of decorating the place for Halloween. You know, some are more boring and don't decorate as much. But definitely with, you know, Saskatoon, it was a fun time just going to the different pubs and bars, seeing the decorations, seeing people dress up. It was a really fun time. How about you, Andres? Um, Crazy stories. So for Halloween, um, so one is like that one, like the wild guy was shocked to when I revealed that I was not a girl. <laughs> he was like oh okay and i was like yes uh anyway so that's one of the, like that's i would say like a funny story for halloween crazy stories for halloween um i mean i think a lot of them are like honestly during no 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 sherlock atukama atukama or stay next to me he just really wants to play with his pop today um, so crazy stories about Halloween, I would say, uh, all of them, honest, I think the crazy stories of Halloween usually happen once you're in university. So, um, from there, I would say the craziest, oh, I would say the craziest will be, uh, also my first year in Canada, um, not as not unlike Brishang, I was old enough to go part like to the club in a very legal way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but my friends, some of my friends weren't. So like we stayed in residence to party and it was just wild. Like it like it was like one of those cold days. But then some of my friends they were wearing dresses and heels and all of that. So then on the walk back, I literally gave my dress shoe because I was wearing I was wearing sneakers. Uh, I gave my sneakers to one of my girlfriends because like she couldn't stand her heels anymore. And then I walked 10 minutes on heels because I wanted to be a nice person. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was like, I would say that's one of the crazy ones. And then, oh, uh, the other one. So I've been a twister board twice. One was during like during undergrad and the other one was when I was a full adult. Um, so the first one on undergrad, we went out partying to this one club uh, in Saskatoon. And honestly, I've never been, I, it sounds, it, it's gonna sound wrong, but 
I've never been touched by so many strangers in like <laughs> one night. And it will just be like super random. Like they will come up and it's like, they will pretend because that time I had the spinning thing uh, on a hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will randomly come and be like, I spend it, landed on blue. And I'm just like, oh, really? It just happens blue is behind me. Like, <laughs> like, what are the odds that you always get blue or yellow, which are the colors on my back? Yeah. Like, let's be real. <laughs> so that night it was just like constant trying to like avoid that situation because I'm just like, I don't even know you, so don't. Um, and then the one party uh, like in Rise for, in 2019, uh, it was a very, it was a very well time. A friend brought jello shots and uh, because some of like, they had colors based also on the twister thing, like some other colors, they didn't have them, yeah. but for most of them. So we went around and people will spin, uh, will spin my, like the thing from twister. And then my friend will give them the corresponding jello shot from like the color they got. Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. It was a very crazy night. Um, yeah, I may or may not have blacked out, but I'm going to pretend that I'm a good kid and I know how to drink responsibly. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that sounds like a really good time, to be honest. It was a really good time. And so, and I think honestly, as like the years go by, you know, at the beginning of undergrad, uh, we used to go like to the big massive parties that you buy tickets for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more like the latest Halloween parties and all of that that I've had fun are usually um, are usually either house parties or like small things like that. And honestly, the company makes the company is what makes it like a good night. Yep, absolutely. That's I think that's what that like you know any holidays when you're when you don't really have people. I know some people celebrate things alone for whatever reasons, but definitely in the you know company even that's the thing even if you have like no one and you have your own company sometimes that's all you need right like exactly and i think that's like for me when it comes the next day after halloween november 1st and i celebrate day of the dead um that's what comes to me is just um i like being by myself because it's more like even though it's such a colorful celebration very vibrant and everything for me it's just like one of those holidays that it's just like a nice time to be by myself because i get to reconnect with my history with my heritage but at the same like with it i like being by myself because i get to in a certain way for me it's like getting some time with my uh with my uh with my loved ones that have passed away so uh, it's just like a nice time just to be by myself with them. And that's kind of like how I like to treat Day of the Dead. Yeah, absolutely. No. So yeah, tell us about, you know, Day of the Dead and how you celebrate it with family or, you know, just how you go about it back home and here. So Day of the Dead it is, for those who don't know what it is, Day of the Dead is a tradition that it is a lot, like it's a Latin American tradition. Uh, but in Mexico, for us, it is it is one of those nice. Like I like the tradition because it it is a lot of culture into one holiday. So it is a combination for us uh, of a native um, Amerindian, Aztec, like any pre what they like people will call pre-Columbian, but like it is a lot of our 
indigenous people cultures mm-hmm. put into uh, combined with some Spanish um, items. And like mainly the Spanish items are religious items. And then for uh, for everything else that happens in the holiday, it is indigenous. So it is like a way for us in like for like our culture to still be connected to them. So what it is basically, it is us celebrating um, our loved ones that have passed away, remember them, uh, honor them, and have them visit us <laughs> because we uh, it is um, in like an indigenous culture. Uh, back in Mexico, we do believe that during those days, our our dead come and visit us and grace us with their visits and their presence around us. And they're here to come and have a good time. So it is a it is a fun day. It is not like super solemn. Like people, some families uh, do make it more solemn, and like they do, do actually go to the cemetery to visit their dead there. Um, my family and I personally, we don't do that because it does get busy. Like cemeteries, like sometimes, you know, when you're trying in Halloween, it's hard to get to the club uh, for Day of the Dead. Sometimes it's hard to get into the cemetery. So uh, that's why we don't go because it's just, uh, it is just, it gets too busy. And also with that is like, you know, visiting my uh it's like in very uh because depending where you are from usually back home you're buried uh you're buried like especially like if your parents or like your uh your relatives are from other towns uh, not in mexico city you usually get buried in like where you're from so it like makes it more complicated to go visit like different places not just in mexico city but like we like my family and i will have to travel <laughs> to go visit some of our uh, over that so uh, but what we do in order to honor them which is like the main component of day of the dead is we put an altar uh, at our homes some people put the altar at the cemetery uh, or some people do both so we put an altar in order to commemorate them and in a certain way we're being gracious hosts <laughs> for our dead so within the altar there's uh, of course you make it vibrant so the mainly the colors of the holiday are purple and orange are those are the main colors for it so you make it as vibrant as possible with that there's like the one flower uh, back in Mexico that it is traditional of the of the holiday which is uh, called Sempasuchil. so even uh, on that like the name is an aztec name for the flower which the closest one i would say are marigolds but Sempasuchil is native to mexico so uh with Sempasuchil, what we do is we lined up uh, we make like a nice little path for for our dead to find the altar um and that's like the flowers really do bring the vibrant vibrancy into it and there's certain elements so of course you put the pictures like I put the pictures of my grandparents and my great-grandparents there because and you put like the picture of whoever you believe are your loved ones in there um I know some people also put their pets in there because they mean them they mean a lot to them um then another of an element on the altar is water because you know 
uh, the death, like like your loved ones. It's a big it's a big journey that we believe in coming from the afterlife coming to visit us. So we offer them water so that they can have like a drink from their like for from for the long trip that they made. Um, and then we put salt. Uh, salt is like one of the main important elements of it because it is to purify their souls uh, once they come and visit our realm. <laughs> yeah, we put salt for them to purify their souls when they come visit. Um, like I said, Zempasuchil is like what, like because it's such a vibrant color. It's or like it's a very vibrant orange. Uh, it's also told like it's also believed that the like the vibrancy of the color. Uh, guides them to guides them to your place. Um, then, like you put the pictures. Uh, the religious element, for example, is like with the sempasuchil, you draw like with the petals. Uh, you draw religious elements, like so. You draw a cross, um, a cross on the floor or on the table, uh, to signify the religious aspect of it. Um, also, religion comes in because. Technically, November 1st is the day of all saints. Um, so we celebrate the, uh, the art like the saints from the like from the Catholic world. And then on November 2nd, it's the day that we celebrate all common dead. So so that's how it starts getting intertwined uh, into it. Another aspect, sometimes people will put their rosaries out. Um, so that's like a religious element added um, to it but it's not really, um, you don't have to. Uh, and then you literally, you put food out and drinks out based on kind of like what your loved ones lo like really like. So in my case, I put a couple of modelos out like beer uh, because that's like one of like some of my grandparents liked, uh, some others like tequila. So then I will put tequila shots out for them. And then I'll make food. Like uh, actually, like sometimes I don't meal prep for myself. But whenever, like this year, sadly, I don't have time to put my altar up. Uh, but I still, like, I will still hold a day in order to be with my, uh, with my dad and honor them. But I will actually full down prep the meals for <laughs> for that. So um, I will just prepare some traditional Mexican dishes for uh, for them, and then you just lay them out very nicely uh, for them. And after that, uh, it does sound a little bit wasteful, but we don't eat the food after. So, like, because either the food has, like, goes, it, it goes stale. It, it's out for two days. <laughs> so, uh, so of course, it's not going to taste good. But also, uh, we do believe that the scent and the taste and the flavoring of it, it's taken by, uh, by your ancestors visiting you. So there's no, we believe that there's no point on eating it because the food is not going to taste. Uh, there's not going to be any taste because the taste has been already been taken or consumed by, by our loved ones. So uh, that's kind of like what we do personally for Day of the Dead. Uh, countrywide, there's like celebrations, there's parades. Um, you know, like sometimes uh, we have very, like we have some symbols that have made it across the world. So La Catrina, uh, that is like when um, people like a woman, like it's a woman skeleton. Basically, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you've seen some images, Brishank, of like this very like fancy dresses 
that women wear, and then they paint themselves as a skull. Mm-hmm, right. And yeah. with the flat flowers, right? Yes, exactly. So that that woman is called Katrina. Um, okay. Yeah, and that's kind of like one of the main traditions. You will see Katrinas everywhere. Um, and then the husband is called Katrin, and that, like, they dress up. like So it's like a very posh <laughs> type of couple. Uh, but like the Katrin is just like dressed up on like tuxedo or high suit with hats and everything. So you just see that everywhere. And then people will write funny, I don't know how to call them, but it is just funny rhymes about like why, like because of how like people close to you know you of like kind of like this person died because they were doing this, this or that. And it's just meant to be funny uh, based on kind of like some. I would say either your character flaws or something that you're really like well known for. So uh, they like people like will like usually it will not just be for the one person. It will be for like a group of people that they're writing the entire thing for. Uh, uh, that has been getting lost a little bit of, like within time. But every single time like I see something like that come up, it does. It is it is like very like it is funny with it because they really point out some character flaws and you're just like you're just like okay do you actually like you, they I like you have to actually be a good writer in order to make those work yep. um so that some um, parades around it is actually like a holiday so I'm envious that everyone has a day off <laughs> so uh, it is an actual holiday uh back home and yeah, just the city. The city gets painted with Zempasuchil everywhere. It is honestly gorgeous. It is such, it is one of my favorite holidays because it represents Mexican culture to, I would say, to one of the highest point, points. Like we have many traditions yeah. uh, in Mexico, but I would say Day of the Dead, the more, like, and I started observing it a lot more, like, when I was in Canada and trying to, like, like you know, still get rooted in Mexican tradition. Yep. Day of the Dead, it is one of those that it is just pure Mexican-ness. Like there's you know, because like as like in Mexico, we get influenced by the States. So that's how Halloween got introduced into Mexico was from the States. Because people back in the day, uh my parents, for example, they will not go trick-or-treating during Halloween. They will go trick-or-treating during Day of the Dead, which used to be a thing. But the more we got like Americanized in our Mexican society, it got moved from Day of the Dead to Halloween to be trick or treating. Um, but with Day of the Dead, there's no way that um, it can be influenced. It can be altered uh, in its pure core and form. It is just Mexican culture, and that's kind of like what I really like about it. No one can really like. I would say it will be highly inappropriate to change something out of like what the what the uh, holiday is because it is really founded on our like very like our like Spanish past and a lot a lot of our indigenous elements in there um, and everything has like an indigenous meaning that you put in your altar. Everything is meaningful. Nothing is just put there for just aesthetics. Everything like if you put a flower. Uh, here means something like I said even just putting a glass of water it's not like it means something right like it has a purpose of being on your altar Uh, and with that the other thing I miss of the altar is like one of my favorite parts about the holiday it is pan de muerto which if we translate that it is day of the uh, like 
death bread, something like that, mm -hmm. <laughs> like bread for the dead of the dead. Right. Uh, it is what like it is like orange loaf in a certain way, but covered with sugar, and it is just like it melts in your mouth, and it is just so good. And I've actually prepped it before for some of my friends back in Saskatoon. They had the luxury of me baking for them. <laughs> um, and I did it one year. And honestly, I didn't know how it will turn out. And it turned out to be a hit. So everyone, like, the upcoming year is like, Andres, when are you bringing us Day of the Dead bread? I'm just like, all right, I guess I have to get on baking again <laughs> for it. Uh, but people do actually like it. It's just such a good bread. Um, so, you know, uh, even with that, even with that baking, which is like that's, that, that like pure combination of, uh, I would say indigenous cuisine with Spanish cuisine and they like the day of the bread, the, of the bread, they, <laughs> the bread represents that. Uh, even the bread has meaning to it. Mm. So first of all, it's on a circular shape. You cannot, like it will not be day of the dead bread if it's not on a circular shape. Uh, it can have the same flavoring. It can be the same sugar coating. It has to be in a circle. And that's just because in indigenous practices back in Mexico, or like in a lot of indigenous practices, uh, life is a circle. And everything that comes around goes around, basically. Everything is linked in a certain way. There's a lot of cycles in life. So that's what the circle represents, right? So has to be on a circle like it has to be a round shape and then with that uh the sugar coating i forget but there's a meaning also that why it's covered in sugar um then there's like these little things that decorate the decorate the cake like the bread on top of it that actually they um they are meant to represent the bones of of like people so they're like, you decorate them, you shape them a little bit, like if they were, not like exactly bones, but like you shape them a little bit, put them on top, um, and they're meant to represent the bones. Some people put them on the four cardinal directions, which is the other meaning around it is like, you place a bone, like the, these little things that are meant to be the bones. And if you just put four of them, you put them to represent the four cardinal directions. Um, which in indigenous practices and back home uh, in Aztec practices, in every single cardinal direction belongs to a god. And so uh, so that's why you put it. And then at the very top, you put like a little dome, which is meant to represent the skull. Um, so even like there's a lot of meaning on just one lovely piece of bread, but it is just literally pure uh, combination of culture in there which is amazing and then if you pair it with hot cocoa like it is just so good like everyone looks forward to this time of the year back in mexico because the bakeries will be stacked with day of the dead bread um and that's something we'll always look forward to because even though you could prepare it at other times of the year it is just during october and november that you can get it so um so that's probably what I'll be doing tonight, like no, like on November 1st. And what I'll be doing on November 2nd is I'm pretty sure I'm going to find where they sell them here in Montreal. So I'm going to go get some for myself, come back, and just have it with some hot cocoa. And my new tradition is to watch Coco the movie with it. <laughs> because it is honestly, it like, 
it is a like it is they did a pretty good job like usually i'm not a big fan like like we can that's another episode of uh of hollywood culturally appropriating things um but for this movie um they did a pretty good job and they actually they actually went down to some of the to, like to some of the small towns because that's where you get a lot of the culture from from this holiday mm-hmm. uh they actually like they did do their research and they stayed true to what the research told them i what think they... you know well not like relevant to the our conversation for today but you know pixar does a really good job of capturing whatever it is they're trying to touch up on like their movies i don't think i've been disappointed by a single pixar movie and, and even coco right like coco was amazing yeah exactly so they do do a pretty good job um so yeah so then uh there's some towns in mexico that like day of the dead it is like their one true like holiday and there's like the like can oh the other thing is like you put candles also which they just mean to it's uh it's easier for your dad to find if they're able to follow the candlelight um so and then there's these places in mexico in the state of michoacan that literally my one in my bucket list of travel items is go being able to go to Michoacan, um, to the island of or like to the see like the town of Pátzcuaro. Uh, so even all of these names are very <laughs> a lot of our words are very Aztec words. Uh, so there, like that town gets painted in orange. You know how over here doing autumn the city gets painted by the leaves. <laughs> mm, yeah. Like the autumn colors are gorgeous. Uh, the towns in Mitra can get painted orange and it's not because they paint them orange it's because the amount of candlelights that there are out there from all the altars that are put in public plus all the flowers they put out uh, in order to create their altars like man people go insane sometimes on like how big their altars are like they can take a, their time like if we were to put it in Canadian perspective they can take the entire porch. <laughs> like, honestly, it's how, that's, like, how big some people get them. Um, also, with that, like, the altar has different levels. So there's different ways to go about it. You can put a two-level altar, which just represents uh, the earth and heaven, which, once again, that's where religion plays a factor. You can put a three-layer altar, which is what I usually do, which represents earth, purgatory, and then heaven. And some states, it is tradition to have a seven-level altar. So you can just imagine how big that altar is, first of all. Uh, but then the seven levels, uh, each of them represents something uh, when it comes to moving through the afterlife in, uh, and what the, our Aztec practices told us, that there's seven things and you have to navigate them. Uh, so yeah, so altars are a big thing, like, outside. And slowly, they like it has been... We get like I think I don't know I think our generation has done like a pretty good job in Mexico to bring this holiday back uh, back up and make it as meaningful as it is and we really started reconnecting with it um, so yeah it is like a, such a big thing and I it's like it's one of my favorite holidays like besides the holiday season i would say uh day of the dead is one of my favorite uh top holidays over there just there's nothing like you know there's no super huge parties or anything going around it's just the entire meaning 
And it is just nice. Like for me, I do feel like my ancestors come and visit me. Uh, and then also I like to joke around with some friends and we're just like, my ancestors probably are gonna be like so confused. And I'm just, they will be like, why are you in Canada? Like, what are we doing over here? <laughs> uh, we were buried back in Mexico. What are we doing all the way up, up north? Yeah. Uh, so we, we just joke, I joke around with my family and with some friends. So I was just like, well, you know, they're gonna come visit over here. They, the table is literally, the table is laid out for them <laughs> to come and to pay a gracious, uh, gracious visit to one of their grandkids. Uh, so that's like, it's just a running joke at times. I'm like, my ancestors will get confused of like, where are we going? We're the only people going up north. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is just like, it is just a nice time to reconnect. Uh, with them and then when i'm putting up the altar i listen to uh to some of their favorite music uh and in my case uh it is a way to get to know my my grandparents from my mom's side because i never met them um sadly they passed away before any like even before my older brother was born um so we never got a chance to to meet our grandparents from my mom's side uh so late like when when i was like when i started reconnecting with day of the dead and making it like um, really enjoying and making it my, like me just doing the holiday. Uh, it was a nice way to uh, talk with my mom uh, to reconnect on that level and to get to know. Cause I like, we grew up like hearing stories about my grandparents and what life would have looked like if they were living as we were being raised and all of that. So it it is just like it just became like a nice thing to like just even talk call my mom and be like hey I'm prepping the I'm prepping the dishes for the altar like what did my grandparents used to like what did my uh, uh, I did which is like bizarre I did actually meet my great grandma <laughs> so I know some of the things personally of what my great grandma used to like but then talking to my mom about it. And just digging the albums for pictures, I think it was just also a nice way to like reconnect with some history and some past uh, and just getting to know what what my grandparents used to be in a certain way. It's always been, um, it's always nice. And uh, for other grandparents, I just remember the good, like the good memories that I, like I had with them before they left us. So yeah, so that's Day of the Dead. So uh if any of you out there, uh, if you use uh, a Katrina or a Katrina costume, uh, that's highly inappropriate. Like, how dare you? <laughs> You're culturally appropriating something <laughs> that has a different meaning in our culture. Uh, some people back home, they do use it as a costume, but it has to be performed, like, at a certain level. You know, it cannot be, like, done mediocrely. But I would say anyone outside of Latin American culture should not be dressing up as a Katrina or as a Katrina because um, culture appropriation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, no, no, that's amazing because, you know, like I've heard of Day of the Dead before, but I didn't know how people really celebrated it. And that's so awesome to hear. And, you know, as I was doing research as we we're talking here, I also see that you guys have Dia de la Innocentes or Day of the Children. Do you, do you know what that is or do you celebrate that? Or is there something else? Uh, Dia de los Inocentes. Oh, we have that. I'm pretty sure that one we celebrated in December, though. Oh, um, okay, because December twenty eighth. On... Oh, okay, maybe because on history, doc, 
calm. Maybe it's it's different in Spain, I guess, because here it says October thirty first is Halloween, November first is Day of the Children, and All Saints Day, and November second is Day of the Dead. So. Yep, yep. So okay, so yeah, so that there's like Day of the Innocent, Dia de los Inocentes. Uh, that's Yeah. a different. That's an entire different holiday. That's our, in a certain way, that's our uh, April Fools. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. yeah, but that one's on December twenty eighth. But yeah, Oh, so that's okay. kind of like how it happens. So um, actually, Day of the Dead, like I said, like it spans over like the main holiday spans over two full days, but actually sometimes um, it can span even more because depending on who you're celebrating each of the days. Um, Right. so Yeah, yeah. because I remember that from, um, I think it was Modern Family when they say, when they show Gloria and Manny showed Innocente, right? Is that what it is? Oh, okay. Yeah, probably that's why. But yeah, when it comes to Day of the Dead, uh, yeah, November 1st, uh, it is a day for all saints. So once again, a real Spanish, like Spanish religious background, <laughs> uh, they really, like, that's a way, like, they had to find a way to, recon like, combine both of, both of them. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so November 1st is for the saints and for children. Um, so the altars, like if you, any family has any children that have passed away, um, the altar gets pre like prepped for them. And then November 2nd comes and then you change, like you can keep the items for the children, but then uh, you switch up the altar for, uh, for your adults or like any, anybody else of your, of your loved ones that have passed away. So. Right. Yeah, it's so cool to learn about, you know, different cultures and festivals, because even like Halloween, the first time I really got into it was when I moved to the States. Like, I think in Nepal, growing up, we didn't really do Halloween because it wasn't a thing. Maybe it's a thing nowadays, but I really don't think so. Maybe more because, you know, people see it on TV and movies. So then even in New Zealand, when I moved to New Zealand, we did. I think we did Halloween, but I don't remember it too much. So my first really introduction to dressing up and pumpkin carving and all that was when I moved to the States and learned about Halloween and just like the history behind it. And over time, how it's become like, you know, a really cool celebration almost. Yeah. And of course, you know, going on that first trick-or-treating is always super fun because you dress up, you get the big pumpkin um, buckets and you just go around. But then as you get older, you know, you get a little bit more wise. You're like, well, wait, this pumpkin bucket is small. Let me take a
you know, obviously over time you learn new things that are like, hey, that's not right. We should have done that. And then it's good to see people learning. But there's still some people, you know, that still do things like that. But I mean, those people, I don't think you can change really. True. And I would say with that, just be like, I would, like, I think the best, honestly, just be mindful of like, what are you, what are you, what is your intention with the costume? You know, yeah. like, what are you, what, what are you trying? Like, even though Halloween is not that deep of like, what are you trying to say with your costume? Um, just know the purpose of it. Like, and that's kind of like what I would say, like cultural appropriation comes into. And if you're going to dress like basic rule, if you're going to base like dress up as someone from a different culture and you're gonna create a stereotype out of it, it's a no. Like just simple, like very simple rule. If you're not from that culture uh, and you're just gonna dress up as them and you are portraying a stereotype of them, uh, then it's a no, you should change your outfit. And also there's so many costume ideas out there that um, <clears throat> why do you have to put on a poncho and a straw hat and then be like, oh, I'm Mexican. Like, no. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Uh, there's just so many other costumes, honestly, that why? Like, there's no reasoning on why to dress up as somebody from a different culture. Yeah, you know, some of the coolest costumes I've actually seen is, like, from TV shows where people dress up as, like, Dwight from The Office or even like something simple as like batman superman like you know when you have a whole group like you can go as justice league or x-men or marvel character i think those are the coolest because those are iconic i know over time it gets boring you know people say oh it's been overdone but honestly i think those things are always really cool i know put your creative mind a little bit into it i would say and yeah some of the cost like best costumes are like like that so uh, so yeah, Halloween and Day of the Dead, like just great times to have some fun before we get into the winter holiday season, which is also very different, but very vibrant. So it's that time of the year that we're getting close to like the cool holidays. Yep, absolutely. And it's something, you know, for me, especially not having born or raised into Halloween. These days, I love Halloween. A, for the costumes that I see, you know, even dressing up when I was younger or now seeing other people's, like, cool costumes. Or B, you know, chocolate. I love chocolate, so <laughs> all the reason to like it even more. Hey, there you go. Lots of good chocolate for you, then. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, so I guess we can move on to the last segment of our podcast. So, Prashang, what are you looking forward for this week? Um, this week, you know, my parents actually came to visit me and my brother this next couple of weeks. So we'll be spending time with them. And then, like I mentioned at the early, you know, at the beginning of the episode, the cricket T20 World Cup is happening. So I've been watching that. It's in the morning. So my evenings are pretty free, you know, because it's, it's happening in at the other side of the world. So for me, it's not bad because I wake up like around 730. So most of the games happen at six o'clock our time in the morning or 10 o'clock or you know a.m so it's been pretty nice schedule so far been enjoying the games and we'll probably continue enjoying the games how about you andreas what are you looking forward to for the upcoming week i am looking forward to being done midterms <laughs> it's been dragging so i'm very excited to be done midterms for this week and also something that i'm very excited about something that both brishink and i are doing with a couple of other people and friends uh, I'm excited for the start of November. Uh, we'll get probably we'll talk to you a little bit more as November goes by because it's an entire month thing. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to um, at the time probably on November first. I will probably already be clean shaven. 
but I'm excited to go do that and, you know, grow the stash. I think this year, last year, I I just kept the beard, but I think this year I'll actually just grow the stash. We'll see how that looks like after a month. <laughs> and um, I'm just excited about it because I get to do it with some of my friends, with you and some other friends back in Saskatchewan. So it's like a nice way to keep up with them. Uh, but also, um, I'm just like, I really enjoy raising awareness about mental health and men's health. Uh, and I, like for me, it does have a little bit more, like once again, connecting it to Day of the Dead. Uh, there's just some uh, <laughs> loved ones that uh, have passed based on some of the reasons why we, uh, why Movember is there and the purpose and the goal of raising awareness to certain topics about men's health. So I'm excited for, I'm excited for that and the journey about all November. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good thing you mentioned November, you know, going to stash and then we'll be putting up, we'll be sharing our links, you know, the team page where people can go donate if they want or just follow along on our stash growing month. Exactly. Hope, hope, uh, like, yeah, well, you'll see all the progress picks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited because I haven't done November in a, in a while, actually. I think it's been two years since I did the last one, but I think it will be a, it'll be a fun time. It for sure will be, but other than that, I think that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Two Average Brown Bros podcast. Uh, so, Prashang, where can our listeners reach us out at? So, like always, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or crybaby stuff, you can reach out to us on Instagram at the Two Average Brown Bros podcast or on our Twitter. Um, or even, you know, like we say, our DMs are always open. Send us a message. Whether you want to talk to us about Halloween, Day of the Dead, or any other things that you do around this time of the year, you know, gotta enjoy the last little bit of fall. And then, or if you, even if you want to talk about anything else, really, you know, um, reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Um, we'd love to hear you from, from you. And, you know, we'd love to have you on the show in the future as well. Exactly. But other than that, thanks for tuning in. Are you tuning right on Monday? Are you tuning any other time of the week? Thanks for listening to us, and we'll catch you next Monday with another episode of the Two Average Brown Bros. And we'll let you know where our stashes are in a week. So, uh, other than that, catch you next Monday. Bye. See ya.